we now dedicate our production to the Black Lives Matter movement. We ask you to take a moment of silence for all Black lives unjustly taken away, silenced, diminished, and excluded. Hung be the heavens with black, yield day to night. Comets importing change of times and states, brandish your crystal tresses in the sky, and with them scourge the bad revolting stars that have consented unto Henry's death. King Henry V, too famous to live long, England ne'er lost a king of so much worth. England ne'er had a king until his time. What should I say? His deeds exceed all speech. He ne'er lift up his hand, but conquered. He was a king, blessed of the king of kings. Unto the French the dreadful judgment day, so dreadful will not be as was his sight. The church's prayers made him so prosperous. The church? Where is it? Had not churchmen prayed, his thread of life had not so soon decayed. Gloucester, whate'er we like, thou art protector, and lookest to command the prince and realm. Thy wife is proud, she holdeth thee in awe more than God or religious churchmen may. Cease, cease these jars, and rest your minds in peace. Let's to the altar. Heralds wait on us. Henry V, thy ghost I invocate. Prosper this realm, keep it from civil broils, combat with adverse planets in the heavens. A far more glorious star thy soul will make than Julius Caesar or bright. My honorable lords, health to you all. Sad tidings bring I to you out of France, of loss, of slaughter, and discomfiture. France is revolted from the English quite, except some petty towns of no import. What sayst thou, man, before dead Henry's course? The dolphin Charles is crowned king in Reims. The bastard of Orléans with him is joined. Reynolds, Duke of Anjou, doth take his part. The Duke of Alençon flieth to his side. The Dauphin crowned king. All fly to him? Were our tears wanting to this funeral, these tidings would call forth her flowing tides. Bedford, if thou be slack, I'll fight it out. Gloucester, why doubtst thou of my forwardness? Me they concern, regent I am of France. A away with these disgraceful wailing robes. An army have I mustered in my thoughts, wherewith already France is overrun. Farewell, my masters, to my task will I. Bonfires in France for with I am to make, to keep our great St. George's feast withal. Ten thousand soldiers with me will I take, whose bloody deeds shall make all Europe quake. Out to the tower with all the haste I can. And then I will proclaim young Henry king. 
To Altum will I, where the young king is, being ordained his special governor, and for his safety there I'll best devise. Each hath his place and function to attend. I am left out, for me nothing remains. But long I will not be Jack out of office. The king from Eltham I intend to send and sit at chiefest stern of public wheel. Great lords and gentlemen, what means this silence? Dare no man answer in a case of truth? Whether the top of hall we were too loud, the garden here is more convenient. Then say at once if I maintain the truth or else was wrangling Somerset in the error. Faith, I have been a truant in the law, and never yet could frame my will to do it, and therefore frame the law unto my will. Judge you, my lord of Warwick, then between us. I have perhaps some shallow spirit of judgment, but in these nice sharp quillets of the law, good faith, I am no wiser than a doll. <laughs> Here is a mannerly forbearance. Since you are tongue-tied and so loath to speak, in dumb significance proclaim your thoughts. Let him that is a true-born gentleman, if he suppose I have pleaded truth, from this briar pluck a white rose with me. Let him that is no coward, nor no flatterer, pluck a red rose from off this thorn with me. I pluck this red rose with young Somerset, and say withal, I think he held the right. I love no colors, and without all color of base insinuating flattery, I pluck this white rose with Plantagenet. Ah, prick not your finger as you pluck it off. Least bleeding, you do paint the white rose red and fall on my side so against your will. If I, my lord, for my opinion bleed, Opinion shall be surgeon to my hurt, and keep me on the side where still I am. Well, well. Come on. Who else? Unless my study and my books be false, the argument you held was wrong in you. In sign whereof, I pluck a white rose too. Now, Somerset, where is your argument? Here, in my scabbard meditating, that shall dye your white rose in a bloody red. Meantime, your cheeks do counterfeit our roses, for pale they look with fear, for witnessing the truth on our side. No, Plantagenet, tis not for fear, but anger, that thy cheeks blush for pure shame, to counterfeit our roses. And yet, thy tongue will not confess thy error. Now by this maiden blossom in my hand, I scorn thee and thy fashion, peevish boy. Turn thy scorns this way, Plantagenet. Proud pool, I will, and I scorn both him and thee. I'll turn my part thereof into thy throat. Away, away, good willing de la pool. We grace the yeoman by conversing with him. Now by God's will thou wrongst him, Somerset. His grandfather was Lionel, Duke of Clarence third son to the third Edward, king of England. Spring crestless yeoman from so deep a root. Was not thy father Richard, Earl of Cambridge, for treason executed in our late king's days, 
His trespass yet lives guilty in thy blood. Until thou be restored, thou art a yeoman. My father was attached, not attained. Condemned to die for treason, but no traitor. And I'll prove on better men than Somerset. Look to it well, and say you are well warned. Ah, thou shalt find us ready for thee still. And know us by these colors, for thy foes. And by my soul, this pale and angry rose will I forever, and my faction wear, until it wither with me to my grave, or flourish to the height of my degree. Go forward and be choked with thy ambition. Have with thee, Poole. Farewell, ambitious Richard. How I am braved, and must perforce endure it. This blot that they object against your house shall be whipped out in the next Parliament. And if thou be not then created York, I will not live to be accounted Warwick. Meantime, in signal of my love to thee, will I upon thy party wear this rose. And here I prophesy, this brawl today shall send between the red rose and the white a thousand souls to death at deadly night. Kind keepers of my weak decaying age, let dying Mortimer here rest himself, so fare my limbs with long imprisonment and these gray locks the pursuance of death. Argue the end of Edmund Mortimer. But tell me, keeper, will my nephew come? Richard Plantagenet, my lord, will come. Enough. My soul shall be satisfied. Poor gentleman, his wrong doth equal mine. But now the arbitrator of despair's just death, kind umpire of men's miseries, with sweet enlargement doth dismiss me hence. I would his troubles likewise were expired, that so he might recover what was lost. My lord, your loving nephew now is come. Richard Plantagenet, my friend, is he come? I, noble uncle, thus nobly used your nephew, late despised Richard, comes. Why didst thou say of late thou wert despised? This day, an argument upon a case, some words there grew betwixt Somerset and me, among which terms he used his lavish tongue and did upbraid me with my father's death. Discover more at large what cause that was, for I am ignorant and cannot guess. I will, if that my fading breath permit, and death approach not, ere my tale be done. Henry, the fourth, grandfather to the king, deposed his nephew Richard, Edward's son, the first begotten and the lawful heir of Edward, king the third of that descent, during whose reign the Percy's of the north endeavored my advancement to the throne. I was the next by birth and parentage, for by my mother I derived am from Lionel, Duke of Clarence, third son to King Edward III, whereas he from John of Gaunt doth bring his pedigree, being but fourth of that heroic line. But mark, as in this haughty great attempt they labored to plant the rightful heir, I lost my liberty and they their lives. Long after this, when Henry V, succeeding his father Bolingbroke, did reign, thy father, Earl of Cambridge, then derived from Hamus Edmund Langley, Duke of York, marrying my sister that thy mother was, 
levied an army, weaning to redeem and have installed me in the diadem. But as the rest, so fell that noble earl and was beheaded. Thus the Mortimers, in whom the title rested, were suppressed. Of which, my lord, your honor is the last. True, and thou seest that I no issue have, and that my fainting words do warrant death. Thou art my heir, the rest I wish thee gather, but yet be wary in thy studious care. With silence, nephew, be thou politic. Strong fixed is the house of Lancaster, and like a mountain not to be removed. But now thy uncle is removing hence, and so farewell. And fair be all thy hopes, and prosperous be thy life in peace and war. And peace, no war, befall thy parting soul. Keepers, convey him hence, and I myself will keep his burial better than his life. Here dies the dusky torch of Mortimer. And for those wrongs, those bitter injuries, which Somerset hath offered to my house, I doubt not, but with honor to redress. Comest thou with deep premeditated lines? Humphrey of Gloucester, if thou canst accuse, do it without invention. Suddenly, as I, with sudden and extemporal speech, propose to answer what thou canst object. Think not. Although in writing I prefer the manner of thy vile, outrageous crimes, that therefore I have forged, or am not able verbatim to rehearse the method of my pen. Thou art a most pernicious usurer, lascivious, wanton, more than well beseems a man of thy profession and degree. And for thy treachery, what's more manifest? And that thou layest a trap to take my life, as well at London Bridge as at the Tower. Gloucester, I do defy thee, lords vouchsafe to give me hearing what I shall reply. If I were covetous, ambitious, or perverse as he will have me, how am I so poor? Or how haps it I seek not to advance or raise myself, but keep my wanted calling? It is not that that hath incensed the duke, it is because no one should sway but he. No one but he should be about the king, and that engenders thunder in his breast, and makes him roar these accusations forth. But he shall know I am as good. As good? Am I not protector, saucy priest? And am I not a prelate of the church? Yes, as an outlaw in the castle keeps, and useth it to patronage his theft. Rome shall remedy this. Rome thither, then. Methinks my lord should be religious, and know the office that belongs to such. Is not his grace protector to the king? Plantagenet, I see, must hold his tongue. Uncles of Gloucester and of Winchester, the special watchman of our English wheel, I would prevail, if prayers might prevail, to join your hearts in love and amity. Oh, how this discord doth afflict my soul! Can you, my noble uncles, both behold my sighs and tears, and will not once relent? Who shall be pitiful, if you be not? Compassion on the king's commands me stoop, or I would see his heart out ere the priest should ever get that privilege of me. Here, Winchester, 
I offer thee my hand. Fie, Uncle Buford, I have heard you preach that malice was a great and grievous sin. And will not you maintain the thing you teach, but prove a chief offender in the same? For shame, my lord of Winchester, relent. Well, Duke of Gloucester, I will yield to thee. Love for thy love, and hand for hand I give. Aye, but I fear me with a hollow heart. Oh, loving uncle, kind Duke of Gloucester, how joyful am I made by this contract! Away, my masters, trouble us no more, but join in friendship, as your lords have done. Accept this scroll, most gracious sovereign, which in the right of Richard Plantagenet we do exhibit to your majesty. Well urged, my lord of Warwick, for sweet prince, you have great reason to do Richard right, especially for those occasions at Etnam Place I told your majesty. And those occasions, uncle, were a force. Therefore, my loving lords, our pleasure is that Richard be restored to his blood. If Richard will be true, not that all alone, but all the whole inheritance I give, that doth belong unto the house of York, from whence you spring, by lineal descent. Thy humble servant vows obedience, and humble service till the point of death. Stoop then, and set your knee against my foot. Rise, Richard, like a true Plantagenet, and rise, created princely Duke of York. Welcome, my prince, the mighty Duke of York. Perish, base prince, ignoble Duke of York. Now will it best avail your majesty to cross the seas and to be crowned in France. The presence of a king engenders love amongst his subjects and his loyal friends as it disanimates his enemies. When Gloucester says the word, King Henry goes. For friendly counsel cuts off many foes. This late dissension grown betwixt the peers burns under feigned ashes of forged love and will at last break out into a flame. And now I fear that fatal prophecy that Henry born at Monmouth should win all and Henry born at Windsor lose all. Mars, his true moving, even as in the heavens, so in the earth, to this day is not known. Late did he shine upon the English side, now we are victors, upon us he smiles. What towns of any moment, but we have, at pleasure here we lie near Orléans, otherwise the famished English, like pale ghosts, faintly besiege us one hour in a moment. Sound! Sound alarm! We will rush on them. Now for the honor of the forlorn French. Him I forgive my death that killeth me when he sees me go back one foot or fly. saw the like what men have i dogs cowards bastards 
never f have fled, but that they left me missed my enemies. Lean, raw-boned rascals. Who would e'er suppose they had such courage and audacity? Let's leave this town, for they are harebrained curs, and hunger will enforce them to be more eager. Of old I know them. Rather with their teeth, the walls they'll tear down than forsake the siege. Where's the Prince Dolphin? I have news for him. Be not dismayed, for succor is at hand. A holy maid hither with me I bring, which by a vision sent to her from heaven ordained is to raise this tedious siege and drive the English forth the bounds of France. Speak, shall I call her in? Believe my words, for they are certain and unfallible. Go, call her in. But first, to try her skill, Rainier, stand thou as Dauphin in my place. By this means shall we sound what skill she hath. Fair maid, is thou wilt do these wondrous feats? Rainer, is't thou that thinkest to beguile me? Where is the Dauphin? Come, come from behind. I know thee well, though never seen before. Be not amazed, there's nothing hid from me. In private will I talk with thee apart. Stand back, you lords, and give us leave a while. She takes upon her bravely at first dash. Dauphin, I am, by birth, a shepherd's daughter. My wit untrained in any kind of art, heaven and our lady gracious hath it pleased to shine on my contemptible estate. Lo, whilst I waited on my tender lambs, God's mother deigned to appear to me, and in a vision full of majesty, willed me to leave my base vocation and free my country from calamity. Her aid she promised, and assured success. Ask me what question thou canst possible, and I will answer, unpremeditated. My courage, try by combat, if thou darest, and thou shalt find that I exceed my sex. Thou hast astonished me with thy high terms. Only this proof ill of thy valor make. In single combat thou shalt buckle with me, and if thou vanquishest, thy words are true. Otherwise, I renounce all confidence. I am prepared. Here is my keen-edged sword. Then come a god's name. I fear no woman. And while I live, I'll ne'er fly from a man. Stay. Stay thy hands, thou art an Amazon, and fightest with the sword of Deborah. Christ's mother helps me, else I were too weak. Who e'er helps thee? Tis thou that must help me. My heart and hands thou hast at once subdued. Excellent Poozle, if thy name be so, let me thy servant, and not sovereign be. I must not yield to any rights of love, for my profession sacred from above. When I have chased all thy foes from hence, then I will think upon a recompense. My lord, where are you? What devise you on? Shall we give o'er Oliant or no? Why no, I say. Distrustful recreants, fight till the last gasp. I'll be your guard. Assigned am I to be the English scourge. This night the siege assuredly I'll raise. Expect St. Martin's summer. 
Halcyon's days since I have entered into these wars. What she says, I'll confirm. We'll fight it out. Presently we'll try. Come, let's away about it. No prophet will I trust if she prove false. Grant me the combat, gracious sovereign. And me, my lord. Grant me the combat, too. This is my servant. Hear him, noble prince. And this is mine, sweet Henry. Favor him. Be patient, lords, and give them leave to speak. Say, gentlemen, what makes you thus exclaim? What is that wrong whereof you both complain? First let me know, and then I'll answer you. This fellow here with envious carping tongue abraded me about the rose I wear, saying the sanguine color of the leaves did represent my master's blushing cheeks. In confutation of which rude reproach and in defense of my lord's worthiness, I crave the benefit of law of arms. And that is my petition, noble lord. For though he seem with foraged, quaint conceit to set a gloss upon his bold intent, Yet no, my lord, I was provoked by him, and he first took exceptions at this badge, pronouncing that the paleness of this flower bereaved the faintness of my master's heart. Will not this malice, Somerset, be left? Your private grudge, my lord of York, will out, though ne'er so cunningly you smother it. Good lord, what madness rules in brain-sick men! When for so slight and frivolous a cause such factious emulation shall arise? Good cousins, both of York and Somerset, quiet yourselves, I pray, and be at peace. Come hither you that would be combatants. Henceforth I charge you, as you love our favor, quite to forget this quarrel and the cause. And you, my lords, remember where we are, in France amongst a fickle wavering nation. If they perceive dissension in our looks, how will their grudging stomachs be provoked to willful disobedience and rebel? Besides, what infamy will there arise that for a toy, a thing of no regard, King Henry's peers and chief nobility destroyed themselves and lost the realm of France? I see no reason if I wear this rose that any one should therefore be suspicious I am more inclined to Somerset than York. Both are my kinsmen, and I love them both. Cousin of York, we institute your grace to be our regent in these parts of France. Ourself, my lord protector, and the rest, after some respite, will return to Calais, from thence to England, where I hope ere long to be presented by your victories. My lord of York, I promise you the king prettily, methought, did play the orator. And so he did, but yet I like it not, in that he wears the badge of Somerset. News, my lords, may cheer our drooping spirits. Tis said, the stout Parisians do revolt, and turn again unto the warlike French. <laughs> then march to Paris, royal Charles of France, and keep not back your powers and dalliance. Peace be amongst them if they turn to us, else ruin combat with their palaces. What tidings send our scouts? I pray thee, speak. The English army that divided was, now means to give you battle presently. Somewhat to sedain, sirs. The warning is, 
We will presently provide for them. Command the conquest, Charles. It shall be thine. Let Henry fret, and all the world repine. Then on my lords, and France, be fortunate. conquers and the Frenchmen fly now help ye charming spells and periapts you speedy helpers that are substitutes under the lordly monarch of the north appear and aid me in this enterprise now ye familiar spirits that are culled out of the powerful regions under earth Help me this once, that France may get the field. Oh, hold me not with silence over long. No hope to have redress. Then take my soul, my body, soul, and all before that England give the French the foil. See, they forsake me. Now the time has come. Now France, thy glory droopeth to the dust. Damsel of France, I think I have you fast. See how the ugly witch doth bend her brows, as if with Circe she would change my shape. Change to a worser shape? Thou canst not be. Spellbanning hag, enchantress, hold thy tongue. I prithee. Give me leave to curse a while. Curse, miscreant, when thou comest to the stake. Thou fairest beauty, do not fear nor fly. What art thou, say, that I may honor thee? Margaret my name, and daughter to a king, the king of Naples. Whosoe'er art thou? An earl I am, and Suffolk am I called. Fain would I woo her, yet I dare not speak. I... Beauty's princely majesty as such confounds the tongue and makes the senses rough. Say, Earl of Suffolk, if thy name be so, what ransom must I pay before I pass? For I perceive I am thy prisoner. How canst thou tell she will deny thy suit before thou make a trial of her love? Why speakest thou not? What ransom must I pay? Wilt thou accept of ransom, yea or nay? Ah, fond man, remember that thou hast a wife. Then how can Margaret be thy parmer? <sighs> I were best to leave him, for he will not hear. And yet I would that you would answer me. Ah, I'll win this lady Margaret. For whom? Why, for my king. Ah, tush. That's a wooden thing. He talks of wood. It is some carpenter. Huh. But there remains a scruple in that too. For though her father be the king of Naples, duke of Anjou and Maine, yet he is poor, and our nobility will scorn the match. It shall be so, disdain the ne'er so much. 
Henry is youthful and will quickly yield. Madam, I have a secret to reveal. What, though I be enthralled, he seems a knight, and will not any way dishonor me. Lady, wherefore talk you so? I cry you mercy, tis but quit for quo. Say, gentle princess, would you not suppose your bondage happy to be made a queen? To be a queen in bondage is more vile than is a slave in base servility. For princess should be free. And so shall you of happy's England royal king be free. Why? What concerns his freedom unto me? I'll undertake to make Henry's queen to put a golden scepter in thy hand and set a precious crown upon thy head if thou wilt condescend to my... What? His love. Ah. I am unworthy to be Henry's wife. No, gentle madam, I am unworthy am to woe so fair a dame to be his wife and have no portions in the choices myself. How say you, madam, are you content? And if my father please, I am content. Then call our captains and colors forth. See, Rainer, see, thy daughter prisoner. To whom? To me. Suffolk, what remedy? I am a soldier and unept to weep or to exclaim on fortune's fickleness. Yes, there is remedy enough, my lord. Consent, and for thy honor give consent. Thy daughter shall be wedded to my king, whom I pain have wooed and won thereto. And this here easy-held imprisonment hath gained thy daughter princely liberty. Speak Suffolk as he thinks. Fair Margaret knows that Suffolk doth not flatter, face, or feign. What answer makes your grace unto my suit? Since thou dost deign to woe her little worth, to be the princely bride of such a lord, upon condition I may quietly enjoy mine own, the country, Maine, and Anjou, free from oppression or the stroke of war. My daughter shall be Henry's, if he please. That is her ransom. I deliver her, and those two counties I will undertake. Your grace shall well and quietly enjoy. And I again in Henry's royal name, as deputy unto that gracious king, give thee her hand for sign of plighted faith. Rainer of France, I give thee kingly thanks. I'll over then to England with the news and make this marriage to be solemnized. I do embrace thee, as I would embrace the Christian Prince King Henry, were he here. Farewell, my lord. Good wishes, praise, and prayers shall Suffolk ever have of Margaret. Farewell, sweet madam. But hark you, Margaret, no princely commendations to my king? <laughs> Such commendations as become a maid. But madam, I must trouble you again. No loving token to his majesty? Yes, my good lord. A pure, unspotted heart, never yet tainted with love. I send the king. And this with all. <laughs> that for thyself, I shall not presume to send such peevish tokens to a king. Oh, wert thou for myself. But Suffolk stay, that when thou comest to kneel at Henry's feet, thou mayst bereave him of his wits with wonder. Take her away, for she has lived too long to fill the world with vicious qualities. First, let me tell you whom you have condemned. Not me, begotten of a shepherd's swain, 
but issued from the progeny of kings, virtuous and holy, chosen from above to work exceeding miracles on earth. But you that are polluted with your lusts, you judge it straight a thing impossible to compass wonders, but by help of devils. No misconceived. Joan of Air hath been a virgin from her tender infancy, chaste and immaculate in very thought, whose maiden blood thus rigorously effused will cry for vengeance at the gates of heaven. Ay, ay, away to her execution. And hark ye, sirs, because she is a maid, place barrels of pitch upon the fatal stake so that her torture may be shortened. Will nothing turn your unrelenting heart? Then, Joan, discover thine infirmity that warranteth by law to be thy privilege. I am with child, ye bloody homicides! Murder not then the fruit within my womb, although ye hail me to a violent death. Now heaven forfend the holy maid with child, and yet forsooth she is a virgin pure. Strumpet thy words condemn thy brat and thee. Use no entreaty, for it is in vain. Then lead me hence with whom I leave my curse. May never glorious sun reflects his beams on the country where you make abode, but darkness and the gloomy shade of death environ you till mischief and despair drive you to break your necks or hang yourselves. Break thou in pieces and consume to ashes, thou foul accursed, Minister of Hell. Regent, I do greet your excellence with letters of commission from the king. For know, my lords, the states of Christendom have earnestly implored a general peace betwixt our nation and the aspiring French. Is all our travel turned to this effect? After the slaughter of so many peers, shall we at last conclude effeminate peace? Have we not lost most part of all the towns by treason, falsehood, and by treachery? Oh, Warwick, Warwick! I foresee with grief the utter loss of all the realm of France. Be patient, York. If we conclude a peace, it shall be with such strict and severe covenants as little shall the Frenchman gain thereby. My lord of Warwick, boiling collar chokes the hollow passage of my poisoned voice. For here we entertain a vile concluded peace. rare description, noble earl, of beauteous Margaret, hath astonished me. Tush, my good lord, this superficial tale is but a preface of her worthy praise, 
the chief perfections of that lovely dame, had I sufficient skill to utter them, would make a volume of enticing lines able to ravish any dull conceit. Whether it be through force of your report, my noble lord of Suffolk, or for that my tender youth was never yet attaint with any passion of inflaming love, I cannot tell. But this I am assured, I feel such sharp dissension in my breast, such fierce alarms both of hope and fear, as I am sick with working on my thoughts. Take therefore shipping, post my lord to France, agree to any covenants, and procure that Lady Margaret do vouchsafe to come to cross the seas to England, and be crowned King Henry's faithful and anointed queen. Ah, the Suffolk hath prevailed, and thus he goes as he did the youthful Paris once to Greece, but prosper better than the Trojan did. Margaret shall now be queen and rule the king, but I will rule both her, the king, and realm. Bye. <laughs>